We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, friends. Welcome to Mavs Moneyball After Dark. It's Kirk and Josh joining you right after the Kansas City Chiefs secured an <laughs> overtime win against the Buffalo Bills. Sorry, I just watched the end of that football game. I'm a Chiefs fan, and I'm about to lose my mind. So the Mavericks just put the clamps on the Memphis Grizzlies and won 104 to 91. So Josh, what did you think about that damn basketball game? Uh, I think two things. One, the Mavericks have this ver- this version of the Mavericks, uh, the Luka Mavericks against this version of the Ja Morant Grizzlies, the Mavericks just have their number. I, I think it's just a perfect matchup for the Mavericks. I think, uh, I think you know, the last three years, I think they're now seven and three against, since Ja Morant's been drafted by the Grizzlies, they're seven and three against Memphis. Uh, they seem to just play them very, very well. The one loss the, the Mavericks had to the Grizzlies this year was without Luka and without KP. Um, so, they just seem to have. They just seem to play the Grizzlies well. It just seems to be a matchup that they can handle, uh, and maybe we can get into why later. And then the other thing is, um, I don't know how like how much longer the Mavericks can do this, but they are shooting. They are not shooting the ball well at all, and they are dominating teams in these wins. And it's just amazing to see them pile up double digit sometimes 20 point plus wins while they're shooting like 28 percent from three um so i don't it's just it's just amazing I, you know i don't know what it means uh, does it mean if the mavericks start making three-pointers they're like the greatest nba team of all time or it, is it like they don't make threes and it's gonna be their achilles heel in the playoffs like i have no idea like it's it's a weird season but the mavericks uh keep winning which is great and they don't just keep winning they keep Playing fairly dominant basketball. 13 points is not really a good measure of this game because there were points. 
and I'm I'm going to go through the third quarter. The third quarter, there were a number of points where they were up by by fifteen to twenty, um, and then in the fourth quarter, did the game really or did the match just kind of help hold on? No, there were there were points in the fourth quarter where they they got it back up to like eighteen, mm-hmm. and it it was just such a suffocating performance to the effect that I'm not there's just not really much to say other than holy shit, because at a certain point, you know, they're forcing teams away from taking easier three pointers. Like they're not giving up a lot of corner threes, which is really cool. There are going to be games when teams hit three pointers against them. Cause the Grizzlies shot four of 24. Like that's bad. <laughs> so, And that's like every game, these maps games. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. And so like, I think we can acknowledge two things are true at the same time. The Mavs defense is really impressive because the defense is so like team-based. Um, I want to talk about Porzingis specifically, who is not necessarily team-based. Like man's playing out of his mind on defense, to be quite honest. But then there's also like these teams, like teams are shooting like crap against them from three point. And like, that's, that's gonna swing a different direction. Like the Knicks game, the only reason the Knicks won is because they shot lights out from three. Like right. that happens some games, but you know, you look ahead at sort of aspects of the schedule, and there's a real argument to be made that the Mavericks are just they're 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 going to be favored more nights than not due to who they're playing and how they play. Yeah, totally. Uh I mean, I just don't see any other way you could refute that. And if you want to get into Kristaps and the defense, like you, what's you less? Because it was yeah. awesome. Yeah, like, I mean, the we, Grizzlies we crush him. <laughs> he <laughs> was amazing. Yeah, uh, I mean, the you talk about the three point shot regression, sure, but Kristaps had six blocks, and the team as a whole had twelve. Uh, so it's just, I mean, in Kristaps, I'm looking at it now. He, he had five thir- in the first half. Yeah, and he has thirteen blocks in the month of January, and only five games played. Uh, that's pretty good. Um, so he yeah. fouled out, which is hilarious, but he was plus 15 in 26 minutes. Like yeah. when, when Porzingis was on the floor, the Mavericks dominated. Yeah. And they're just, they're walling off the rim in a way that they weren't able to do a season ago. Uh, I think their bigs are a little bit more active against the ball handlers and the pick and roll, which is nice. Cause like when you got bigs like Maxi and Dwight Powell, it's, it's like they're, you know, their biggest asset, you know physically is there is their footwork and their foot speed you know like mm-hmm. you don't need to be dropping those guys back you know you can drop Kristaps back because you don't necessarily want him guarding near the three-point line but with guys like Maxi and guys like Powell like why wouldn't you and I feel like you know the Maverick scheme under the Carlisle era has just just never evolved from that you know very conservative soft cons- you know uh drop coverage and like the Mavericks are still playing drop they're just being a little bit more aggressive and not so blatant about it so guys aren't just kind of walking into open mid-range shots or getting like a a head start to get to the rim and it's been it's been really fun to see and you know the help defense has been better and you know i would say since luca's been back from covid his his defense has been better so uh it's just there's hard to critique any area on that of that side of the ball well and and you know so much about Porzingis I wrote about this in the piece from when I went to see the Thunder game live like Porzingis's athleticism doesn't often get utilized I think in a way that that shows you just how athletic he is because honestly with the way his body is built he's too athletic for his own body the man can do some things where he can jump out of the gym because he has a he has like quite the leaper 
but he can't land appropriately. So he doesn't do it like, like, you know, sometimes I, I, I'm like, ah, Porzingis is going to get a chase down block. And like, he just doesn't do that stuff anymore. He doesn't even try because I think that like the risk reward is just not there for him. He had a couple of like slight jump, flat footed blocks of, of Jaron Jackson Jr. Tonight that were just him being seven foot three and being the smart guy on the floor and like redirecting stuff like t- Luca ended up with 11 rebounds in no small part because Porzingis tipped him like four. I mean, it was, it's just the kind of like he controlled a lot of where the ball went and was, it was just, I, I mean, I think sometimes I go overboard when I, I praise Porzingis because I cr- criticize him so harshly, but like this was just such a neat game for to watch from him. Yeah, definitely. And you make I, you make that point about like you know he's not making necessarily so many huge flashy athletic plays. He's just making good defensive plays. Yeah, and you think about his time in New York. Like, remember his like rookie year? Like he would he was like throwing his body at the rim, mm-hmm. and like he would get all those crazy putback dunks. And it's like that's awesome. But you you know he's had two knee surgeries, two major knee surgeries in the last couple of years, and he's been hurt most of the year. So like. That's a good point. I like the fact that he's able to be as effective as he is without like killing himself out there on the floor for like 30 minutes a night. Uh, it makes it feel a little bit more sustainable, at least on the defensive side. Uh, and then it helps that they're finally starting, you know, Maxi next to him instead of Pal. I think the rotation is really in the best spot it could be right now. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, with Porzingis also just existing, like Luca had 37 tonight. And some of the the Luca rim attempts were because Porzingis was on the floor. Guys were like two steps closer to him than they would be any other player, even though he's shooting like ass. And like there was just like a real, you know, a whole like some of the parts type type game from this team who still didn't really even score the ball that well, which you pointed out. Yeah, definitely. Uh, this was a really good Luka game. Like you said, 37 points. He was 13 and 25. Yeah, the three-point shot is just weird, but this felt kind of like 19, 2019, 2020 Luka, who that Luka also wasn't really shooting that well, but he kind of got mm-hmm. to the rim wherever he wanted. Uh, he had some great passes, and he maybe he still kind of did that thing where he maybe passes when he shouldn't pass because uh, he's looking for the real, you know, the fancy assist. Uh, he was one assist away from a triple-double tonight uh so I, you know, maybe he wanted to get that uh but again you know he was just automatic from inside the three-point line basically and you know that's been a struggle for him this season and like you said Kristaps standing on the floor just makes Luca a better offensive player with the spacing there was a play I can't remember I think it was in the third quarter where uh Luca and Kristaps ran a pick and roll and Kristaps rolled and then he rolled kind of into uh, a post up like he kind of after the after he was done rolling he kind of sealed his man for like a half second or second uh to try to get an easy basket on down low but Luca couldn't re- you know it wasn't a it wasn't a clean pass he wasn't really open uh and what was really nice was like a- as soon as it was clear that that wasn't working Kristaps ran, you know kind of jogged out to the three-point line and then he caught the ball did a pump fake and, and hit a three-pointer and it was really nice to see because I feel like if this were the first three, two or three weeks of the season, that post-up would have been held the whole time or he would have stood, you know, after the post-up, he would have stood by the block or tried to repost or reposition and that would have clogged everything up. Uh, And instead he drifts back out to the three-point line when it doesn't work and he gets a made three-pointer. And it just is like, you can see remnants of the, you know, 
Mavericks offense that we know and love from the last two years in terms of like their elite uh, production. And you see glimpses of it, like when Kristaps made that three and you're like, man, like it, it, it feels so close. Like they are so close to it. And really the final piece is continuing to get to the rim and just keep creating these three point shots and hope they start falling. Uh, there's really nothing else more I think they can do. Uh, and then like, you know, I say that, and then I think one of the next possessions down, Luca KP ran a pick and roll, pick and pop. KP got a nice open three pointer. And it was one of those plays where you're like, God, why don't they just do that every single time down the uh-huh. floor? Like they should kill teams. And yeah. then Kristaps shot it off the side of the rim, like it hit the backboard. <laughs> and you're just like, what's going on? Like it, it should be better. And it's like that, those kind of inexplicable misses are the reason, you know, that's part of the reason the offense still isn't where it, where it should be, but they're finding ways to get around it and they're still winning games. And uh, I don't know, like, like I said, I mean, if, if the three point shooting comes around and they tweak their offense to where they're not so jumper heavy, I mean, I don't know what the limit is on this team. It's, it's going to be pretty crazy because I mean, on the other side of the floor, they seem to have everything buttoned up. Well, they need to do, if we're going to get nitpicky, they need to do less my turn, your turn with Porzingis and Brunson, not Porzingis, um, with Luca and Brunson. They need mm-hmm. to involve those two in more actions. We've seen them do it, and maybe they're not. Maybe they're not doing it because they don't need to. You know, like not to bring this back to football, but like one of the maddening parts about being a Kansas City Chiefs fan the last two seasons is that they clearly don't want to give away a lot of game tape, so they just don't do the stuff that they could do. <laughs> and then you see them play a game against tonight where it's like, oh, we're going to move the ball 75 yards or, you know, like 55 <laughs> yards in 13 seconds. And I feel that way kind of like Carlisle did this all the time because he just wouldn't run Luca KP pick and rolls. And it, it just NBA, I don't understand it because like the NBA is about spamming stuff until a team can make you stop. Right. Like, And, and this team has creative enough coaching staff you know, we've seen enough out of timeouts following stoppages in play where they're doing some really cool stuff to where I, I don't know, like this is this is a soft criticism. It doesn't really matter, but you can see it mattering because Luca and, and Brunson are their most effective off the dribble attackers and they tend to sideline one of them every play and I don't get it. Right. And when Brunson is not shooting threes and again i'm you know i'm really sorry to bring this up i feel like no but it's true like he shot one it's gonna be a thing he shot one three-pointer tonight and uh yeah fouled on one yeah he did uh that was nice he had seven free throws he was seven to seven from the line which was really nice to see uh but yeah you're right like i mean how many times we talked about how awesome and we've seen it like once or twice this season how awesome would it be if luca screened for brunson and you had luca catching the ball at the free throw line and like acting kind of like like Draymond Green does in the Warriors offense, except it's freaking Luca and not, you know, and not Draymond whose offensive game has kind of gone bye-bye. Uh, like you, you, the possibilities there feel like they could open a, a Pandora's box, you know, if they do that. But like you said, they just, they don't seem to. And part of it, you know, is Luca probably needs to be, you know, that's a part of the game Luca needs to continue to work on and learn more. Um, it's just, it's going to matter in the playoffs. Like to right. me, it's just like, like I am very high on Brunson. And unfortunately, I'm going, when it comes to playoff Brunson, 
he's going to need, like, I'm going to be skeptical until I see something. So we saw two playoffs in a row where he did not matter at all. And so I would love to see some sort of inclination of the fact that they're looking for different ways of doing it because him doing his thing off the dribble is so cool to watch unless it doesn't work. <laughs> and then it's pain. Right. Cause he relies entirely on scoring from inside the arc. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, that that's going to be something to watch in the playoffs for sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, is, is there, is, I, I can't really think of anything else. Like it was the, you know, you look at the box score, like it just, the, the this was like the epitome of a Dorian Finney Smith game stuff in the box, uh, you know, the, the box score, like all sorts of stuff going on with him. He got him going early. Um, I, I was just, just really pleased with this effort, pleased enough to where I did not watch the fourth quarter at all. Just going to tell everybody the truth there. Sorry. I, I <laughs> well, was... you didn't need to. And then that was kind of nice. I mean, the Mavericks, yeah. I mean, this never felt like a game. I don't think it got. Which is crazy. <laughs> that was the, the three seed. Yeah. Uh, and Memphis, you know, I guess this is where we have to be slightly fair. And they were missing Desmond Bain and Dylan Brooks. I don't think Brandon Clark played. Nope. Uh, nope. So that's three of their, you know, top right. contributors. And, and without Bain, their offense just really. They do not have a guy that can replace. Like if Bain's gone, their team really doesn't have uh, the offense around Ja to uh, compensate for that. Because Ja's not near as good in the half court as Luca is. Right. Ja is an unbelievably electric player, but he's he's somewhat his his best attributes are somewhat mitigated when you slow it down to a a possession by possession game. He's he's unbelievable and he'll continue to get better. But it's just you can <laughs> sort of see like like he was a he shot 31 times tonight. 31 had, times. Had 35 points. Yeah. I mean, it, it looked yeah. like a Luka 2019 game is really what it was reminding me of. I mean, 41 yeah. minutes, lots of volume, imposing his will on the game while no one else could really do much of anything. <laughs> yeah, their starting, they're starting lineup box score definitely looks like a 2019-2020 yeah. Mavericks game, Mavericks yeah. loss. Uh, so that's pretty funny. Like, they have uh, one, of, one of their guys I secretly love is DeAnthony Melton. And he's one of, you know, he's like a guy who they were probably hoping would do a little more. He was five of 16 from the floor while contributing six boards, five assists, three steals, like just doing a little, like, he's like kind of a Dorian plus game to a degree with, you know, even similar shooting. Um, But it's just, it was, it was odd because I'm just high on so many of their players, but they're, it's just a reminder that they, they're like a young team, like really young team. Yes, they are. Um, yeah, and uh, Mavericks now clinched a tiebreaker with them. So if things get interesting in the standings, uh, that'll be very interesting. Um, yep. And they could maybe, you know, that'll help if they want to try to move out of this fifth spot, which they've kind of entrenched themselves in despite playing so well because the teams ahead of them just keep winning. Uh, Jazz are on a little bit of a, of a slump, though, but they're still yep. like four or five games back of fourth. So, but it's not a bad spot to be. Um Teams below them certainly are all have various issues. So the Mavericks feel like they're in a good spot. Like there's not a lot of there's not a lot of heat, not a lot of pressure on them right now. Like uh, which is nice um, compared to where we were a couple months ago. And they're two games up under five hundred. So no, because they're, they're not spot. on like they're not on some kind of killer streak, which would result in getting some attention. Like we're on the cusp of the the national media attempting to make sense of this team, which. Yes, I'll blame you, them. Yeah. Can't really understand it myself. <laughs> um, you know, uh, here's a great stat from uh, from our friend um, uh, Mavs highlights. Over his last ten games, Lucas shot 
9.2 free throws per game and shooting 81.5 percent yeah that's huge that's another way to win basketball games when you're not shooting three-pointers so that helps that, that definitely helps they were 23 of 31 from the line tonight uh you know luca was 9 of 12 brunson 7 of 7 so um I mean, they still shot. They shot thirty percent from three, but they're forty eight percent from the field overall. So they were dominant uh, inside the line. Uh, so I mean, they're finding ways to get around it and win by double digits. It's just, it's just shocking. Like I just, I keep waiting for one or the other. To, like you know, I'm, I'm waiting for either. Okay, well, they're going to either keep winning and the three point shot comes around and they'll keep winning, or like the three point shot doesn't come around and it's going to bite them in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> they just. They just keep winning while missing all of their open all of their jump shots, uh, which is just it's just funny. Uh, it's crazy. Uh, I don't know what it what it means, but you know, there's still a, a, a lot of season left. I mean, we well, got, we're going till April, so maybe we'll we've still got some time to learn a thing or two about this team. I was talking with friend of the show Seth Part now, um, who he said they're 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 what is it the the shot quality like i can't remember what the acronym is for the shot quality metric but their shot quality metric has it it went for it was real bad for a significant portion of the the early part of the season probably like the first 20 games we talked about this Mm -hmm. um it's up to average and that's largely because they are getting to the rim more like there's just no question about it it's to me and i i need to investigate this further I feel like the the shot quality is probably still somewhat not great because Luke and Camp KP can't hit anything. So it becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy where quote bad shooters of which I don't think Porzingis is one. Luca is historically Luca is the second worst three-point shooter all time for a guy who shoots seven plus threes a game. There are <laughs> he's 167th out of 168, I believe. So maybe Luca needs to take like I, I joked in the Slack that that we need to come up with a turnovers plus Luca missed three metric because it's just it's a bad possession at this point because his threes are awful until he's able to show it for like ten games in a row. I I cringe when he shoots threes, but anyways, we're nitpicking and I'm babbling. Yeah, I mean, I can go. I mean, cleaningtheglass.com has a stat called location effective field goal percentage which they define as if this team shot the league average field goal percentage from each location, which is rim, uh, mid-range, and three, uh, both corner and above the break, uh, what would their effective field goal percentage be? So, you know, it gives a sense of efficiency of a team shot profile. I don't think this is updated tonight's game. Uh, yeah, probably not. But the, Maver- the Mavericks are 29th in that <laughs> uh, Their location effective field goal percentage is 52.1%, uh, which is, yeah, 29th out of 30 teams. Now, what's really funny is 30 is uh, the Phoenix Suns, and 28 is the Philadelphia 76ers. So they're sandwiched between, like, two pretty good teams. Obviously, one of them is is really, really good. So... Uh, I mean, that kind of happens when you have Chris Paul on your team. Uh, you shoot a lot of mid-range shots. Uh, the Suns are number one in percentage of, of mid-range shots. So it just kind of goes back to that. You know, that's that kind of it, – it, that's that really – it's really all about like, hey, rim and threes are good, mid-range bad. Uh, and But if you're a good mid-range shooting team, you know, that stat can be kind of wonky. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, uh, something to keep an eye on because it's yeah. – like the 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 glass has full metric is at a certain point you have to wonder if they hit some of these. But who right. knows? All right. Well, we're gonna be back. The Mavs play on Tuesday, I think. Like these these Sunday games throw me off. Like they're nice. 
Oh, yeah. they play Tuesday, Golden State. Golden State, and then they play Portland. So it's a it's a semi late back to back, which is if you go ahead and look at their schedule after those two games, at least right now, they only play for the rest of the year. These are two of the the three last 9 p.m. start times for the rest of the calendar year, which is very exciting. Um, Yeah. Oh, go ahead. You and I will be back for these games, but it's going to be a little tiresome this week. Yeah. And, man, if you look at the schedule, uh, there is an opportunity for them to keep this going. Uh, Obviously, Golden State on Tuesday is going to be really tough. Uh, But, man, after that Golden State game, Portland, Indiana, Orlando, Oklahoma City, Philadelphia, Atlanta, Detroit, and the Clippers twice. Um, I mean, that's outside of Golden State. You know, it's maybe Philly is is the only other team that scares you on that list. Uh, So there's a chance for them to to keep this this winning run run going here for the next two weeks. Looking forward to it. Well, again, Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow, Mavs Moneyball After Dark. We will join you again on Tuesday evening. Uh, look for the green room to be in your podcast sometime Monday before your drive home from work. This has been fun, and we will talk with you guys soon. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.